Hello and welcome to Ghost Divers. This is an anime podcast on the Export Audio Network. Uh, I am your co-host, Denise, and I'm joined by your other co-host, Connor. Hey, everyone. Uh, and today we are talking about bread bowls. Um, yes. And so, yeah. We're actually just talking about, about this. Yeah, we were in the middle of the conversation, so if you want the start of this conversation, listen to the end of the episode. Um, but, so, uh, we would, like... You know, what I would just get would be a bread bowl because um, a bread bowl with broccoli cheddar soup just feels like like this is just what Panera is. Like there's no lying. There's no like there's no masking this. Right. <laughs> like other yeah, things yeah. like you get at Panera are like pretending to be super healthy. And it's like, no, it's like literally all cor- carbs. Like carbs are great and it's great to eat carbs sometimes. But like you're putting on this whole show for like telling people to eat a bunch of bread. Um, yeah. And bread truly, tasty, truly, but this like, is just an, an orgy of yeah. carbs and fat. <laughs> but like, yeah, this is just like cheese and bread. And there's a little bit of broccoli in there to make you feel a little bit better about yourself, which is also part of like P- Panera bread is. And yeah. So the, the broccoli is like, also it's just like s- saponified. Like the broccoli has also turned into fat. Yes. And so this is what I would order and they would, um, you know, cater it and they would deliver it in to our office and I would get it and there would be the bread bowl. And then there would also be the soup in a cup. And I understand in practice, like if I put the soup in the bread bowl, it's going to be kind of sloshing around while it's like in transit. The bowl's going to be disintegrating in the process. Yeah, you I don't get, you don't want to see what's going to happen if they do that. Yes, like I I fully understand. This is what makes sense if you are delivering a bread bowl, but also it defeats the entire like joy of a bread bowl, which is that there's no evidence when you're done eating it. <laughs> Because now I have this stupid fucking cardboard thing. Whereas if I go into the restaurant, like they, they give it to me on like a little plastic plate. There's the bread with the soup in it. I eat it. Nothing's getting thrown away. Yeah. It's beautiful. They like like let you into the employee bathroom to eat it. They're like, okay, no, it's, it's okay. It's okay. Just, we won't tell anyone. You can go out the back door when you're done. 
But now I love yeah, a like, Red Bull. All all of your coworkers have seen you eat this eat this thing. And also like just the indignity of having well, the like the soup not, cup. Left not my over. new coworkers, but yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. But at the time, yeah. This is how I um, rose to the, the rank of the um you know, basically had managing paralegal is that I was willing to eat a bread bowl in front of people. Um, yeah. And that like, that shows like a certain willingness to like do what needs to get done. Yeah. They're like, this kid has spine. Yeah. Um, yeah. all of anyway. the, uh, you know, all of the, you know, since it was so well managed and all that, yeah. and they're really paying attention to people. And making sure that they got like promoted and stuff. Yeah, I definitely didn't uh, like specifically get promoted just because people kept uh, leaving, and <laughs> uh, I uh, just like specifically was like, I mean, I was still doing a lot of work to try and help out with things, but I also did specifically position myself to just be like, hey you person who I know is probably going to leave soon. Why don't you just start training me to be your replacement? (laughs) Why don't you just do that? Um, Yeah, it was complete. It was like functional anarchy almost. Yes. Like there was only like, you know, yeah, there was like a hierarchy, but like the hierarchy was like in practice completely collapsed. And like, Everyone just like, just like collaborated to get things done with like no, like, yeah, with with, with no like enforcement mechanism of any kind, um, until there was one, yeah, and then that wasn't so great. Um, there was so yeah so. There was some dark like I mean now you have me on this tangent because you brought up the Red Bulls. At yeah. our catered lunches at our former employer. There was some dark times with those uh those catered lunches. Like it, it went to some dark places sometimes. Um like I remember so like I I say this like this is com- a completely like earnest dead serious statement. The like catered concessions and food at our at our former company like changed my eating and drinking habits irre- irrevocably in like a few minor ways yeah. um the first of which is that like you remember like so they would get the the lunches like catered they would bring them in they'd like splay them out on you know, the like dinky little tables we had in the cafeteria yeah. and just like, you know, they were in the giant tins a lot of the time and they just like throw, take off those like hard plastic shell tops and then like let them sit in those tins. Um, yeah. And they would bring it in and at I, like 12 and then they I would just like, I also want to like further paint the, the picture for people. These dinky tables are, I'm pretty sure meant to be like patio furniture because they were like kind of that like glass. With yeah, like that oh, kind of yeah. like weather, yeah. that like weatherproof black coated metal. Um, yeah, where no, there's like a little right. bit of an etch design underneath, like not a lot, but like enough, you know? Yeah. Just to make it feel and, classy. No, it, but yeah, it was that like gross glass though. It's yeah. like, 
ev- evocative of every like you know scummy like glass table that you've seen at you know a pool yes you know a public pool or whatever your your uncle's pool he's like bought this and never cleaned it because it's outside furniture uh yeah that's basically like yeah the kind of table we're we're working with um but yeah they bring it in at lunch and like everyone would queue up and just like first of like the whole like experience of I mean, we're basically being fed from a trough. Like, yeah. we're queuing up and then, like, going and just, like, you know, we were using plates. At first, we were using <laughs> plates before before the degeneration. Uh, but, like, you know, even with the plates and the utensils, yeah, um, it was still just, like, you know, um, there was just, like, a, a, a dehumanizing aspect to it. Um, yeah. With, like, you know, the way that the cafeteria, like, wasn't big enough, so you had to queue up, like, and go in kind of, like, you know, one after another um, in these close quarters. Um, but anyway, the the worst thing about it was that, like, the person responsible for the catering would just, like, um, buy it and set it out and then just, like, leave it all day. And yes. people, like, you know, we weren't, like, no one in that office was making very much money. Um so, like, not only would these things sit out for, like, you know, three, four hours, which is obviously well past the, the food safety uh, cutoff, yeah. um, you know, just, like, spoiling, like, as we worked around it. Um, but then people would, like, like, oh, well, you know. I'm going to take this home with me because I don't have to like pay for dinner or cook dinner. Um, so people were constantly like would come in after it had sat out and myself included, by the way, um, would come in after it had sat out just because like, you know, we wanted free dinner so badly and then just like, you know, get a bunch of this food that's been sitting out for four hours and then haul it home on the CTA for another like 40 minutes and then eat it. Yeah. Just um, the sweltering CTA. Yeah, and then at, at some point I just realized, like, I think it was one of those days where I was, like, particularly dejected um, and staying, like, you know, super late. Uh, and I was eating this stuff, and I was like, this is fucking disgusting. <laughs> um, and ever since then, I've been, like, really uh, incredibly anal about, like, food spoilage and, and stuff like that um, yeah. to the extent that like that is now a new problem. Um, it's not severe or anything, but uh, it's definitely like I'm a little neurotic about it. Um, but I just had a flash like realization in that cafeteria at one point being like, Oh my God, this is like so gross. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing um so there was that. And then the other thing was the communal coffee, um, which like I used to drink black coffee and I would go, and I think this is probably just a normal like office coffee it problem. Um, yeah. but we had like a drip coffee thing with like a warmer and the warmer was really hot. So it, the coffee would just sit there and just like, well, first of all, it's like incredibly poorly made. Um, 
almost in every instance. Yeah, n- um, nobody knew how to make coffee. Um, I, a former barista, once explained the like proper amount to put in, and someone was like, "No, that's wrong." And I was like, "Okay." <laughs> um, <laughs> that's all. They're the like, "That's like that. that's like twice as much coffee as you're supposed to put in," and I was like, "I." I'm I was a barista but okay like <laughs> make your make your water that's vaguely flavored like coffee I guess um yeah um and then the coffee like it wasn't good quality coffee and it was a yeah. drip, like coffee machine um and so you know a lot of factors are going in um but I used to just like absolutely pound that shit um and then like I don't know towards the end of my tenure there I started like realizing is and i would drink coffee like continuously all day and then i started getting like you know really like sickly like this like really sickly feeling um after drinking a lot of it um and um i was finally just like god this coffee is like acrid it's just fucking gross as hell um and uh yeah there was just like a uh a visceral like turning point where I was just like, I went from having like no problem with this coffee to just being like completely sickened by it. Um, to the extent that now, like I, I just don't drink black coffee. Um, cause it's so like vividly burned in like the association of black coffee being like that coffee. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So there were some dark times there. Um, but you know, the place I have now has a Keurig, so uh, at least we don't have coffee sitting out for twenty years on a burner. Yeah. Um, the place where I am, I don't really drink the coffee because it's not that good. But it's like in like proper carafes that like the cafeteria people like change out and things. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, like the, like big ones that have like a spout that, you know, is also what like sits at like a Starbucks or something essentially. Um, sure. Yeah. So still not the best though, but like I had already developed from the, the other office and I just continue to do it where I just like, I have a little tiny, uh, French press that I'll make like coffee for myself. Uh, and I just like bring my own ground coffee. Um, and I've just become that person where I'm just like, I'm just going to make the coffee that I like um, and and be like weird and ornery in that way. Um, I also drank a lot of tea. I, I do tea in general, but I mean, I don't really go into the office anymore because um, people started returning to the office, but I have this whole like asthma lung thing and they don't really need they like don't have a strong business reason to have me be there. Yeah. So I've managed to evade it still. Um, but yeah, I would also drink a lot of tea and I remember there was this one tea that I had that, um, somebody asked me if it was whiskey because the tea was, I would like have it in this little, uh, glass cup, like tempered glass. Um, and so it was like a glass cup that had this like whiskey color. And I was like, Oh no, it was the tea. And like, you know, they're like, Oh, okay. Um, and then afterwards I was like, now that people know that I drink tea out of this that has the color of whiskey, 
I could sometimes just put whiskey in this, but I never did it. <laughs> um, I really thought about it during like my final, like after I did my, my four weeks, cause they told me I needed to do four weeks. Um, and I wouldn't have except that, uh, where I'm working now, like did a fairly far out higher date. So I was like, okay, I'll give them the four weeks. Um, but yeah, yeah. I really thought about just drinking some whiskey in the office at the end there. Um, that was a bad place. Yeah. You should like, you, you should have honestly. Yeah. Um, like, there were times where we drank beer where mm-hmm. we like brought beer in and we we're like drinking beer. Yeah. Like while being on the clock, yes. but also like having done all of our work. Yeah. And have nothing to do. Um, um as it went on there, conti- there was like less and less time where there was nothing to do. I feel like, uh, there was a golden age for a while where yeah. uh, things were like, uh, as you said, was pure anarchy um, and wasn't always good, but sometimes you could, you could carve out little spaces in there. Um, yeah, for sure. It, it wasn't like, you know, I think it's like um, any romanticized like nostalgia where it's like, well, it probably wasn't actually that good, but like it was definitely a lot better than what came after. Yeah, and that's why we remember it like <laughs> uh, fondly in this way. Um, anyway, we're talking about this because this is how this podcast essentially got started. Is that uh, basically at the end of every day, uh, you and I would just talk about like shit, usually anime for like an hour um, after like the boss had gone home and stuff. Yeah. Um, the best thing that ever happened at that shop. Yeah. Um, anyway, we are here to wrap up our discussion of Ghost in the Shell. Um, we did our big deep dive, watched the 1995 movie, uh, Innocence, the 2017 movie, um, all of Second Gig, and Solid State Society. So um, we still have some more Ghost in the Shell to do. I did not read the manga in time for this, but I, so people have probably already seen in the feed. Um, I read through all of Nana and have just been obsessed with Nana. Um, and a friend of the pod M Marco from Abnormal Mapping, uh, also read through all of Nana and we recorded, a, a episode that I put out as a bonus episode and I titled it, um, Manga Cafe Volume 1, uh, because my hope is that, um, I would like to actually do more dedicated stuff like that for manga rather than what we've kind of done in the past, which is like shoehorn manga talk into the final discussion or into Mm -hmm. the question bucket or something. Um, And often sometimes it would be like one of us has read it. Um, And I would like to be like, okay, I'm often a person who likes to read the manga that's tied to the series that we're doing. Um, And so when that happens, possibly, like finding someone else who has read it and would want to talk about it or be something that's like more intentional, both you and I are doing Connor or something like that. Um, and then those will just kind of show up as bonus episodes, but, um, there might be a few other things that I do that, um, are series that aren't like directly tied to series that we've done anime for. Uh, but for the most part, I want to try and keep it to like, we did the anime here's bonus episodes where we're talking about manga tied to it. The Nana one, was just kind of in advance of Nana and who knows, we might revisit it if um, you read through it because um, 
we'll talk, but I think it would actually be interesting if you are like familiar with Nana when we get to the anime, um, because so much of the way that it's constructed is like setting up stuff that has like a certain dramatic irony once you know where it's going. But, um, yeah. Yeah. I'll, um, I'll be sure to prepare accordingly. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still hoping, I'm, I'm just hoping that you're still like, as excited about Nana when we get to it uh, on Ghost Divers as you are now. I don't know if I'll be like quite this level, but I I do just really love Nana right now. Um, I think it'll at the very least be like it's basically like at Ray Earth level for me in a way where mm. um, there are times when I'm just all about Ray Earth and then it dies down, but that doesn't mean that like. I'm not still going to get excited about Ray Earth, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully in the past, I feel like when we've done stuff on Ghost Divers that you like already felt like for Ray Earth, for instance, um, I feel like it's not hard to get you going again. Yeah. Like when we start actually like digging into it and doing like do it, doing it on Ghost Divers. Um, I mean, it's the same way for me when like, you know, we, we start looking at stuff. Like, it's easy to just be like, oh, this is going, like, the course of this conversation is, like, you know, and seeing it through somebody else's eyes is uh, really, like, um, you know, energizing and yeah. uh, and fun. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I feel fairly confident that, like, when we get to Nana, you'll probably be, like, You'll probably quickly uh, ramp back up to like the same frenzy that you're in now, <laughs> or hopefully uh, even greater. Yeah. Um, a thing before we get to questions that I wanted to ask is if you have any like additional thoughts about Ghost in the Shell. This is one where like I don't expect that we will have a ton to say because um, the first series we did was the first season of ghost in the shell standalone complex and i'm pretty sure this is our longest running like season so far um so we've talked about ghost in the shell a lot um, yeah um yeah i think like we've said pretty much yeah you know a, a lot of what well i think there's a lot more to be said about ghost in the shell mm-hmm. um because just the like expansiveness and the richness of it um i will say that i continue to like i don't want to like you know reignite the whole like second gig debate uh because i feel like we've uh you know i feel like we've we've set our piece on that yeah um but uh as time goes on i like continue to be um pleasantly surprised at how like prescient um, the series is and how like relevant it continues to, uh, to prove itself to be um, for like the, the times we're living through um, in like the historical events that are occurring. Um, And uh, I am grateful for like, even with, it's uh flaws of which you know we've we've taken inventory 
Yeah. Um, I am grateful for the existence of second gig as part of like standalone complex um, because I think it expands the like scope and the critique um, in into areas that like, I think a lot of what it does is actually like very relevant um, for political phenomena that we're like seeing now um, and that are going to be like uh, persistent um, through the rest of, I expect our lives and then, and then after. Um, And we will of course return to ghost in the show when we talk about the other stuff. Cause this is one of the few series where I, um, especially one of the few like larger series where I, I do kind of just want us to get to at least all of the, the like moving pictures kind of stuff. Um, you know, all of the, the shows yeah. and movies, um, not necessarily the video games. We could maybe do it at some far off date, but, um, I feel like those are a, a game is a little bit harder for us to figure out how to work into the podcast right now. Um, but, One day we're just um, gonna be like, let's do a fucking game and then yeah. figure it out. Um, but f- like, we will watch Arise, we will watch uh, twenty forty five or whatever the number is. Um, we we will go through all of those at some point. So. Um, we will have more to talk about and maybe at some point we'll figure out more about what the fuck a bioroid is. So <laughs> <laughs> do you think that like um, SAC 2025 has someone please tell us it? about bio. Um, yeah. I, I have no clue. Um, if it doesn't, if it, it doesn't like address anything, any further ghost in the shell media that does not address the bioroid like situation is, like already incurring a major mark against it by virtue of not doing that. It's going to be so, I mean, I know that arise probably won't because I think arise is supposed to be like more of a origin story type of thing. Um, Okay. Like, I think if you were to like sequentially place it, it it's supposed to be like very early on in like the major and everything, I believe. Okay. Um, anyway, this me talking about sequentially kind of gets us to the first question. Do we do we want to run through this? Sure. Do you um, want me to read it? Sure. Uh, this uh, comes so this in question... from, from Rick. First yes. time uh, writing us in, um, but has really enjoyed this conversation for, for Ghost um, in the Shell. So, yeah, I'll just read. Um, Innocence is my favorite Ghost in the Shell object at this point, and the thing I love about that... Uh, a thing I love about that often doesn't get talked about it, about when it comes to the CG use in the film, especially around the Incredible Mansion scene near the center of the movie, is how it represents a part of cyberpunk that rarely is shown aesthetically so well with new technology. The gaudy decadence of these scenes showcase the excess and the overabundance that exist atop the, pyram- the pyramids created by these worlds. My other favorite, uh, just an interjection here, I think um, the thing, like, as I'm reading this now, um, the thing that comes to mind is that uh, Blade Runner 2042. Is that the number? Yeah. Uh, Which we, we saw together, I think. Yeah, Blade Runner 2049? 2049. We, where were just, like, we were just talking about this on Ornate Stairwells, which I recorded uh, last night. Oh, okay. Well, you know, 
there's yeah twenty forty nine synergy. There's so many because there's um like so there's twenty forty nine, which is Blade Runner. I think SAC twenty forty five is the the um you know Ghost in the Shell thing, and then there's like uh twenty forty seven. There's a game called twenty forty six. There's like just too many that are twenty forty something. Anyway, yeah. We're going to get to 2040 and it's going to be just like completely boring and all this shit's going to look really dumb. Um, but yeah, the stuff with like the Jared Leto character or whatever in Blade Runner, yeah, I think is like attempting to try and do this, but um, is also really I, caught up in like a, a heavy handed like uh, Amen Ra like god biblical pyramids thing i think yeah. with a lot of the the imagery as well um yeah um which anyway a movie that i had really mixed feelings about um but i think kind of like mostly didn't like um but yeah so yeah a superior uh instance of this in ghost in the shell innocence i think yeah um returning to rick's uh question my other favorite Ghost in the Shell thing is the comic, and I sent a version of this to the GGP question episode at the end of their second gate coverage, but I've been rattling it around in my mind, and to me, Ghost in the Shell isn't a continuity, it is Batman. Um, most people, most everything that people like about Gits has been taken out of Shiro's comics and sliced and rearranged in various ways to create either new meaning or the same meaning again. This is from the large plots like The Major and the Puppet Master or Ghost Dubbing Government Facilities Full of Kidnapped Children, to the very small, like people commenting on Toga's choice of gun, to the major leaping off large structures, to the cherry blossom scene, which is the second scene of the comic, right after the jump, just like the end of second gig, to the skimpy dressed nurses and maids. There are probably more of these in Man Machine Interface, Shiro sequel from 01, but it is a very dense book that often feels combative to read. It is about the various forms the major takes post-leaving Section 9, and full of interesting stuff on bodies and politics that is just weighed down by endless techno babble and a creator who had only gotten more horny in his work as he continued. Um, maybe we'll do that on the make it manga cafe. Yeah. Um, creators come in to write characters like Batman all the time who don't understand Batman or what makes Batman work, but there will always be that scene on the roof where Batman disappears mid sentence from Gordon. That to me is what ghost in the shell is and has always been fighting with. Now something fun, given that ghost in the shell is a property of, iconic moments and ideas that can be extrapolated by the creative voice of the person in charge, what would your ghost in the show AU be? What would the major jump off? What kind of gun would Toga carry? Does Bato have a dog? Uh, so we'll get to that in a second. My other question is, I am curious what other Oshi things the people on the cast have seen. Uh, I think you both would find a lot enjoyable within the Pat Labor series, uh, within the Pat Labor things that exist in a lot of ways, second gig and, and uh, solid state society remind me a lot of uh, a worse SAC, um, a lot, not of a worse SAC, but a worse Pat Labor 2 that is like 13 hours instead of two. Also thinking about Gits and Batman together made me think that uh, SAC has the laughing man and second gig has a lot of two-faced individuals, just some food for thought. Um, um, yeah, um, that is, that is good food for thought there. Yeah. Um, with our, our friend Goda. 
Um, um, I I will answer the the second question first. The the one about um, pat labor or pat labor. Um, I think it's just pat labor because it's like patrol. I forget exactly what it stands for. Um, yeah, you. I'm sure you're right. Yeah, I, I'm not familiar. I haven't seen it, so I wouldn't. I wouldn't know. Um. So when when I was in high school, um, I would go. So sometimes when we would visit my uh, grandparents, um, I would go to this video store uh, that it used to be in Mitsua, and I would rent stuff there. Um, there's another video store that I would go to that was like in, uh, you know, the city close to the town, the small city close to the town where I lived, uh, but it didn't have as much. But sometimes I would go to this one that was... Cause, uh, the one in Mitsuo is like outside of Chicago. Um, cause my, my grandparents at that time lived in the suburbs. Um, and it's a, a suburb, uh, Schaumburg, which has a lot of, um, Japanese population. So there's like, Mitsuo is a big Japanese supermarket. There's lots of Japanese restaurants and things like that. And so I would go to Mitsuo, um, you know, I might get some like, snacks and things and then there was a, a video rental place um and usually i would get something and i might like watch it at the hotel or something or you know if i stayed over like um until their their final years uh they had this big like multi-story house and i would sleep in the the basement and so i would sometimes just like watch stuff at night and then go to bed um and then return it the next day um and that's when i don't remember what pat labor thing i watched but i i rented something and most of it was like bad dubs um or bad subs Mm. um and i also then have a vhs now that i found once at a like um like disc exchange kind of place uh where you can just like buy old you know dvds and vhs and video games and things um and I thought that it was going to be one of these that I would like rent where it would have the like not super great subs on it. Um, and so I bought it and it's like just straight Japanese, uh, no subs, not, you know, no dubbing anything. Um, so I have watched like that version once it's different than the one that I, I watched in high school. I don't know. Like I have no recollection of like, was I watching, you know, the, the thing I have now, I think is one of the movies, but like what I rented in high school, was that like episodes of the OVA? Was that the movie? I don't remember now. Um, it was just a thing I rented once. So I would like to actually revisit Pat labor and like have a familiarity with it. Um, and you know, probably have better subs or something. Um, but yeah, that's my experience with it. Yeah, and I have I I haven't um, watched it at all. Um, yeah, um, but it's oh, we'll put it on the list. So um, what what are each of it our promising. our Ghost in the Shell like? We are taking our shot. We're we're doing a, you know, are you doing a movie? Are you doing a a um, show? Are you doing a like manga? What's what's your vibe? What's the how's your play out? Yours play out. Yeah, that's tough. I I think I mean I want to say that I would do a show. Yeah. Um I don't know if I have enough 
like if I had prepared better for this, I might, I might have like come up with enough. I don't know if I ha- would have enough to like warrant a whole show. Um, but I like the idea of like having the starting point being them like split up, um, and not like not in the way that um, like innocence kind of flirts with, where it's like, oh, you know. The major is gone, um, and there's some like cold distance between um, Tokusa and like Aramaki and Bato because of the like major's departure. Um, but actually, like we like multiple people have like retired or gone into like other lines of work or whatever. Um, so yeah, so like the one thing that I would definitely have. Um, to respond to the question of uh, what would the major jump off. So for sure I would do like, I would somehow do a scene where the major jumps off of a tall object, uh, Mm -hmm. either like, like uh, some sort of like, you know, aircraft carrier or something, or she jumps like from a skyscraper into the water. But like, I'm going to combine like the diving and the jumping in some way. Uh, where I have her like jumping off of a tall thing, like into the water, um, just to like make it even more showy. Um, and then maybe she's like, you know, she jumps and like all you see is the silhouette because she already has her like her cloaking on. Yeah. And then like she uncloaks like on the way down and it's like, oh, she's got a diving suit. She's like diving. Um, because this is ghost divers. Yeah. Um, we got to work that in. Um, what kind of gun would Togusa carry? I think Togusa, like, in in my version, I think Togusa just has, like, regressed even further into, like, I'm going in the opposite direction of, um, like, solid state society, where I'm, like, Togusa's even, like, he just has, like, a knife now. <laughs> He's like, I don't even, like, no, like, I don't, guns are, like, too much technology for me, even, at yeah. this point. Like, He's I just, just started have carrying, like, a Tonto, like, a, like, short <laughs> sword. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he's, like, he's just, like, does a lot of, like, you know, weight training and stuff. Yeah. And, like, you know, like, trains his body. He's like, no, like, my body with a knife, like I could be just as effective as, you know, if I had a gun, like blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he's just, I think this might be after Togusa gets divorced as well. Like Togusa's yeah. divorced and he like is now, he like goes deep into like, you know, like bodybuilding MMA, like fighting shit. And just as like, yeah, no, I, I carry a knife now. While you like, were searching, while you were surfing the net, I was training by the blade. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, I definitely like early on. I would have like a really cool scene of, you know, it would be like a um, in silhouette. You wouldn't know who it is, you know. So it would be like some guy like weight training, um, and you'd be like, "Whoa! Like, is that Kuze? Like." That guy's jacked. Uh, and then it like fades in and it's just like, 
a really jacked Togusa, and you're like, what the fuck is happening? Um, and then yeah, that's how I would introduce Togusa. Um, so yeah, and then he, he would be like, you know, across, over the like arc of the series, we'd have to like dig him out of this like. He'd be going down a bad road, and then we'd all have to like dig him out of it. Um, and then on the like complete flip side, Bato just has like a full blown like dog sanctuary. At this point, he has like quit. He's like quit section nine. He's quit the police. Uh, like, I don't know how I would address like the prosthetic body. How he still has that. Um, maybe maybe he doesn't. Maybe he's like you know. Now he just has like a normal prosthetic body, and he just like runs a dog sanctuary. Um, and like you know, somehow we need like a compelling reason to like get him back in. Uh, into section nine. Um, or maybe he's just like completely sidelined the entire time. Like everyone else gets back together and then Bato just keeps like having a dog sanctuary and he's just like every now and then they like go and talk to Bato and Bato's just like, Oh yeah. Like I'm very sorry for you that you're still like embroiled in this. Yeah. And I hope that you can like get out of it. Um, yeah, so that's my, like, five seconds of thought, uh, yeah, it, Ghost in the Shell AU. Um, mine is Shoujo Ghost in the Shell, um, oh, it's yeah. definitely, it's definitely, like, it's Magical Girl, but, like, um, it's definitely one of the ones that, like, from the jump feels a little bit more, like, f- serious, aged up, um, and... A lot of it is centered around like the the way that the internet like influences interpersonal relationships that exist between people. There's a lot of like stuff that's digging into like parasocial relationships and and other things that like occur through the internet and how the internet is like reshaping the way that we relate to others and um like form relationships with others. Um and is is there crime? In your in your AU, um, in your version, there's definitely crime, um, but I think also it is like it is more often focused on the interpersonal, um, mm. even as like they are still sometimes addressing these things. But a lot of it is kind of a little bit more in like a magical girl like addressing issues. Um, the uh, the major I think jumps off of um, like. I think there there's some like really estately like uh capital building you know as like part mm-hmm. of it and is jumping off of that but I think like you need the like really ornate like pillars and um uh like swooping you need the you need like of- Corinthian like Corinthian Columns, yes and i think like it's like yeah. specifically like there's like a clock tower that like comes up out of it and is like jumping off of the clock clock tower um okay yeah with like you know you get like i'm i'm imagining this as like a show but also like possibly a, a tight in manga or something and you definitely just have like the like splatter of like petals as she's jumping you know yeah um yeah or is there like a montage like like it's like actually it's at like a high school and the major like comes back from summer break 
and they're like, oh, like, you know, and she's like had like, you know, she's like very confident and like, you know, is like, look, looks looking great. And like, they're like, oh, you know, what did you do over summer break? And the major's just like, oh, you know, I traveled the world. And then you just have a montage of the major, like jumping off of various like (laughs) Capitol buildings. Um, I was envisioning this being like, like early 20 something is the age everyone okay. is like it's a yeah. little bit aged up from like the normal magical girl um where like they're all coming together from different schools that they've graduated from and it's some of it is like trying to figure out like adulthood as well there's definitely mm. like uh, um, more of a like divide between like there's like this stuff happening in the internet space and then there's like the normal social life that they are having and they're like trying to find jobs and things as part okay. of it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or they all like work at like the same company. It's all the, it's their first job and they'll yes. work at like yeah some like like internet company. Um, they like get hired for what they think is a normal job. And then it turns out that they actually have like these like superpowers within the, the internet because of the yeah. the job that they have. Um, and so a lot of the like more fantastical stuff happens within the like internet space. Uh, but then there's like stuff as it goes on with how like the, the line between the internet and reality is actually quite like fuzzy. Um, mm. And because of this, I think like they, th- I think there are still like fights that occur, but it is more stylized and it is like specifically through these like hacking stuff. I think is a lot more of what that happens through. Um, yeah. There's also a lot of like conversation. So I think like instead of it being what kind of gun does Togusa carry, the idea of Togusa having something outdated is that um, everybody else obviously has like new sm- smartphones in this, but he is still using a flip phone. Um, yeah. And then somehow like the flip phone comes like becomes like very important at like yeah. one juncture. Well, and like, cause then he'll talk about like, well, okay, but like, I don't have to worry about like a cracked screen. Like I have actual tactile buttons. Like, you know, these are like benefits of having the flip phone, you know? Um, yeah. He has like a really good, like durable flip phone, you know? What if he just like has a landline that he just like unplugs and then carries into the office with him? No, that's and too. That's like, too. The there's like oh the, like the like we're the being jammed, demographic like, no is signals. not going to respond to bringing in a landline, <laughs> Connor. It's flip phone. <laughs> this is that is already that, outdated enough for them. Um, okay, but like the landline. I know thing, that you're very excited that would, that about Togusa regressing so far that he's just <laughs> fighting with a knife. Uh, he's just like fighting with a sharp stone that he found on the, on the game floor. But this this is my version, Connor. My version, it's a flip phone. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I just like will you at least concede that like the landline thing would happen in Nutena? Yes, it would happen in Nutena. Okay, yeah. Um, so it's 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 not completely like out of the shoujo, like universe here yeah um and then of course bato uh bato is a dog like the the dog is the mascot character um, oh yeah you know does it's the like, dog also like access the internet though yeah the dog bato is there the dog. it's the mascot character it's like always there um 
it like has yeah, but it's maybe like, the it's dog, like Scooby Doo. Maybe like, Bato's like dog is what them. gives all of the characters the like magical powers in the internet. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And then he's like adventuring with them in the internet. Yeah, or is he just like chill? Yeah, or just you know? Yeah, he's just there. Um, so that's mine. Okay. Yeah. No, that's that's good. I think that's better than mine. I think mine is just like I think oh. I think yours is gonna appeal more to the core Ghost in the Shell demographic, but I'm trying to expand us into new markets. Okay, I appreciate that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, you know that. I I, I care more about about diversifying our our audience than just you know pandering to, uh, you know pandering to like what we already what we've already established yeah uh so this next comes in from ina and she writes i will make no assumptions about the intellectual quality of shuo's questions uh this time and instead simply ask one it's always good to revisit some kissing and tucking right i mean it's it's not a question but yeah if we don't if we don't do it kiss and tuck run down at this point yeah um so i feel like we should do like the core section nine characters and then maybe also like kuze and goda for this one okay that does that sound fair (laughs) yeah for sure okay um, I just pulled up a list of all the members of Section 9. Some of these I'm going to skip because I don't fucking know who Maven is. Um, oh, neither so, do I. But yeah, the one at the very top here, these might be from like later stuff. Yeah. Um, This is like, she is with Section 9 in the first Assault Online game. Yep, I haven't played that. So anyway, uh, first up, uh, Aramaki Daisuke. The the chief himself. Um I feel like Armaki is actually might might be one of the, the trickier ones. Um Yeah. I could I could see talking with, with no kiss. Yeah, I don't think I don't I don't think we're gonna have a lot of kisses. We'll see, yeah. but I, I think you're right about but that. But I do think Aramaki would, would tuck in. Yes. Yeah, because um, tucking is like you know, to me, to me now, like having a much better understanding of, um, of this dynamic after having uh, practiced it many times through question buckets. Thank you, Ina. Um, yeah. To me, like kissing is like the you know, acknowledgement of intimacy, um, and like. Just that that level of openness, um, that I just I don't think is characteristic of Aramaki. Um, but talking is yeah. like okay, it's like the last thing you know before we like before I just like leave you for the night. I'm just gonna make sure that you're like warm, that you're okay. Yeah, um, there there's something. I mean. I was going to say there's something parental about it, but like also kissing the homies goodnight, like 
a parent, when I tuck in my child goodnight, I also kiss my child goodnight. But I think that, like, the tucking in has the more direct just, like, I am, like, taking care of you and your needs. I'm somebody who will do that. Right? Yeah. Um, And the kissing the homies goodnight is, like, this more, like, uh, expression of affection. Yeah. At the, yeah. Um, and I, I don't think that Daisuke, uh, Aramaki would like do that, that expression of like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to kiss no the way. homies goodnight, but would tuck them in. Yeah. There's no evidence for, for kissing with Aramaki, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, this next one, I was going to say, if, if we have like feelings that this differs between the stuff that we watched, uh, we can, we can talk through that or we can kind of just talk in aggregate, the character overall. Uh, but Kusanagi Motoko. This is one where some of the versions we might have different opinions. Um, I don't I don't see kissing. Um, yeah. Tucking. Y- yes. Yes. Um, I actually think that, like, the major... Viewing it through this lens um, is actually, uh, in a way, is kind of illuminating. Um, Because I think the major is actually like a very similar dynamic to Aramaki here, where the major is often being like, oh, yeah, like I'm looking out for everyone and I'm going to make sure that you're okay. Like the Togusa in um, Solid State Society, where Togusoma shoots himself. Yeah. um, where it's like, I'm going to make sure that nothing, like, bad happens. That's, like, a top priority for me. And I'm going to, like, be there, like, right at the end to make sure that you're, like, okay. Or, like, watching ba- over Bato in Innocence um, and intervening to yeah. make sure he doesn't die. Um, I think I'm, – I'm agreeing with what you're saying. I'll let you finish. I have I have an additional add-on. Yeah, I think that, like – I think those examples are pretty representative. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I think the stronger answer here is tucking, but no kissing. I, so I think there are like some small key differences from Aramaki. Um, one is that I think Aramaki would be more likely to like Aramaki if he really cares about you might show up to tuck you in goodnight, And that like really means something. Kusanagi is going to like, make sure that you get tucked in, but it does not matter to her that she's the one who does it. Mm. If, if she feels confident that she has arranged things in such a way that someone else is going to tuck you in, she feels as though she has tucked you in. Okay. Yeah. Whereas like Aramaki might be like, this person has really been going through it. I am going to show up and tuck them in personally. Yeah, yeah but like I think that's like a a, a difference there. The yeah, you're right. Is that I, you're definitely right. I do think Kusanagi kisses Bato goodnight, and I don't even necessarily mean this in like a romantic shipping way. Sure. I just think that they specifically have the relationship where they would kiss each other goodnight. They would kiss the homies goodnight. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you completely. Um, yeah. And I think like in in a way like the majors like tucking it's not in the spirit of tucking you know 
just being mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, like I've manipulated the situation so that like you're gonna get tucked in. Like tucking someone in is like you're tucking them in, right? Yeah. Like, well, that's the spirit. She will of it. go and tuck you in if like she needs to do it herself. But I I think that like. I think that sometimes she is more okay just knowing that someone is tucked in or that she has, like, ensured that the person will be tucked in. But if she has to be the one who's there to tuck you in, she'll, she'll be the it. one who's there to tuck you in. Yeah. Um, but it's I think it is a little bit less on, like, a personal level for her and more of this, like, sense of, of like, I need... That person needs to be tucked in, and if I'm the one who has to do it, I'm going to do it. Yeah. Yeah, like obligation or like responsibility or, or yeah. something. Um, or just like I'm the best one at tucking them in, so like it has to be me, you know? Yeah, like they need to get tucked in, like yeah, you know, it has to be me. Nobody um, else gets like the the little fold right on the you know back on the blanket. Yeah, and if you don't have that fold, something bad could happen. Yeah. You got to get it like just right where it's like covering, but not enough that it like is affecting your breathing. Yeah. That's a vulnerability. Yeah. You know, you can't just leave that, that wide open. Um, Ishikawa. Hmm. Uh, Ishikawa kind of seems like a kisser to me. But I don't yeah. know if we have enough to like to go all the way with it. I don't think he's a. I don't think he tucks in. Yeah, yeah. He I might think, just be like a kisser, and that's it. Yeah, but I think he's also like a very go with the flow kisser, where he's not like. Next up in this list is Bato, who I think is like more like. It is the end of the night. We are kissing the homies goodnight. Yeah. Right? Like, I think, like, Bato is more impassioned with it. Whereas I think Ishikawa is, like, when you're in that right group where the vibes are right, I'm going to kiss the homies goodnight. I might be the one who instigates it, but, like, I'm, like, it's more dependent on, like, what's the mood of the night been like? Whereas Bato is just going to, like, Go for is it. going to insist on it more. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Bato also talks to the homies in. 100%. Yeah. Um, Togusa. Uh, I don't. The homies. That's the key. That's the key, like, aspect of this. Like, in his heart, I think Togusa, like, I think Togusa kisses and tucks in his family. Yeah, that's the thing is that. If you're like, Togusa, are you going to join us? We're like kissing and talking to homies in goodnight. And he's like, I have to go like tuck in and kiss my, my daughter goodnight. Like, I'm going to miss it because I have to go tuck my daughter in and kiss her goodnight. Yeah. He doesn't have like, I have to he's go not home cre- and be a family man. Yeah. He's, he's not like creating the emotional space for the homies. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to be unfair because there is like, I think Togusa does like care about the people in section nine. Um, 
but I just I don't know if it's, there's enough emotional space for for it to be like a kissing and tucking situation. Yeah, or either. Um, Borma. We're getting into the ones where where there's like a little less to go off of. But this is more of like a projection. Yeah. Um. I'll let you I can go maybe. First. I can maybe see a little bit of like kissing the homies goodnight. Yeah, like, there's a little bit of that like swagger in the like, you know, that one where they they um, like destroy the car, they like run the car off the road or whatever. There's like a little bit of like kissing the homies goodnight swagger in that. Yeah, yeah, I think um, I think Borma is like one that would surprise you by like. The fact that he kisses the homies, mm-hmm. um, where you just be like in a situation where you're like, is there like, you know, that is warrants kissing. Um, and then Bormo just like with no hesitation, just like goes and just kisses the homies. And you're like, oh, yeah. Huh. Yeah, I guess that is like, I guess that makes sense, you know? Um, so I, I could see Bormo being like, yeah, he he just has that vibe. He's got that like, you know. I don't think he's afraid to kiss the homies. Yeah. Um, Saito. No, ni- no. neither. <laughs> the <laughs> Absolutely little there's not. a description for all of the the characters. It just starts with. Uh, Saito is a cold-hearted warrior with an unbreakable <laughs> poker face. That person is not tucking the homies in goodnight and is not kissing them goodnight. Absolutely not. Just not happening. Yeah. Um, and then last but not least, pause. Ooh. Pause this is, is a tough one. Pause is a tough one. Um, especially after second gig. Yeah. Um... Has Paws just, like, given up on, like, kissing the homies or having anything, like, having any intimacy of that level? Yeah. I think I think he might have. I think, like, you know, Bato's initiating the kissing the homies goodnight and Paws, like, kind of slips out the back to, like, smoke a cigarette. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, pause. Yeah, he definitely like, like well, turns his back, and like walks away silently. Yeah. Oh, and the Tachikomas, the Tachikomas. Yeah, one hundred percent on both. Yeah, one hundred percent on both. They are fucking jazzed about it. Yes. Um, <laughs> They're like the ones we... that like every night are like, wait, wait, wait. But like, what about? Let's not forget. Like we have to do this. Yeah. <laughs> um. They are like afterwards synchronize and have long conversations like we are having about like the reasons why different people react differently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they're having this exact same conversation. Yeah. Um, um yeah, it's I think interesting. That covers... Pause slips out the back when it's time to <laughs> um, Yeah, and then they like there's a whole side episode where they like follow pause and like yeah. try to figure out like what you know why he can't open his heart to to the kissing and tucking i gotta um, say all this uh kissing and tucking the homies goodnight fits right in with my shoujo ghost in the shell spinoff um, yeah oh, well maybe 
that's that's the road we need to go down. Yeah. Um, um do we want to do Kuse? Yeah. Um Kuse's tough. I mean Goda's an obvious no on both, right? So yeah. Goda we can just get off the table. Yeah. Kuse. Um I don't know. Is is Kuse like another major situation where like Kuze's not Kuze's the, maybe kissing I, the major. Not to like so the, perpetuate this, you know, this like sore spot. The the like the the situation I'm in with Kuze is like it, it's Kuze and the major are hard for me to now think of outside of this like um they these are the two like actors that play off of each other in a no play um which means that either i feel like it has to be the same as the major where it's like tux doesn't kiss has like maybe one person that they kiss or it's the inverse where kuze is like fully willing to kiss the homies goodnight but also in this like similar way to the major where it's like if i know that the homies are getting kissed that's enough if I have to be the one to do the kissing, I will do the kissing. There's an um, aspect. So the inverse proposal is intriguing because yeah. there's an aspect of Kuze where it's like, oh yeah, like I have no problem like synchronizing my consciousness with like thousands of people and having mm-hmm. this like extreme level of intimacy. Um, and also like becoming your like, you know, your messiah or whatever and like like all of this is like the level of intimacy in like if i had to put these interactions into one bucket or another i'm putting it like it's more akin to kissing to me yeah and then like but at the same time as he's doing that it's like yeah like i'll establish intimacy with these like thousands of people but i'm not going to tuck you in like if you know, if we like, if the military invades and starts just like blowing people away, like, I'm not really gonna think too hard about it. You know, like, I'm not uh, like yeah. going out of my way to ensure that like this doesn't happen. Like, you know, I'm not tucking you in type of thing. I I hope that by by uh, bringing you into this intimacy by kissing you goodnight, I have like given you the means to tuck yourself in. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to kiss a lot um, of people goodnight and then like. But get, I am going to tuck the major in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like collectively, all these other people, they'll take care of themselves. Hopefully. Yes. Um, yeah. I think, I think that works for Kuze. I think that makes the most sense. Mm. Um, question number two. A Coke Freestyle Machine is one of those soda fountains that lets you add additional flavors to your drink, like watermelon Sprite or peach ginger ale. Uh, what would these yahoos get from a Coke Freestyle Machine? First, let me so say, run down. this is like, I love how this is written, like, an SAT question. Yeah. <laughs> where it's just like, I'm going to define, like, here's the definition. <laughs> Coke Freestyle Machine is one of those soda fountains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well then, like, here's the question. Um, I you want to trade off? Um, sure. 
Do, who who do you so first is Aramaki? We'll just go down the the same order. Yeah. Um, I pulled up uh, coca hyphen cola freestyle dot com <laughs> um, slash choices. Okay. Question mark filter one equals all drinks. I need uh, to do you want this. me to send you a link to this? It's okay. Is it the hundred choices? All drinks. Um, I think so. Oh God. Okay. Yeah. This is. I think okay, that we really have going to just like it. let's just go for get it. Get in the mindset and just like, because you. I think it will also make the most sense to be like, how do you go through the process of selecting a Coke freestyle? Which is that like you start with like what's your base? You know. Yeah. Um. Okay, Aramaki. I think we can open it up to mixing, but I don't think we should go like too like that is its own thing, kind of. Okay. You know? Can we would we agree that Aramaki is starting with Diet Coke? Or the one a version of Diet Coke? Yeah, I think so. Okay. It's either that or it's like Seagram's Diet Ginger Ale. Oh god, you're right. I didn't even factor in the ginger ale. Yeah. What I feel like it's with the ginger diet ale? ginger ale. Okay. The diet. Yeah. The Oh God. The diet ginger ale. Um, what can we do with that? So the options we get here is uh, cherry, lime, orange, raspberry, and vanilla. What happens? Okay. I think Aramaki just gets the unadulterated diet ginger ale. Yeah. I cannot see him getting something like fruity and then vanilla. I'm just like, Aramaki is not just like, putting fucking vanilla in his diet ginger ale. Like, yeah, I just, I don't see it. He, he, uh, selects the Seagram's diet ginger ale, which is what he wants. And then sighs when he has more options and he has to push it again. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. He's just like, like, you know, one of those, like, what is this world coming to size? Yeah. Um, Okay, let's see. Next up is the major. Um, what is the major drink? Like, what does she start with? I feel like... Mm, is Mellow Yellow too campy? I'm looking at... So, okay. My eye is caught by Mellow Yellow and by, Mr. And by Pib. Mm-hmm. Um, what what can we do with mellow yellow here? There's no way the major's not getting a diet a diet drink. I don't I don't think it's mellow yellow. Okay, I don't like the major drinks mellow yellow. Yeah, I think she be... wants something that's like a little bit more like um bitter. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like I was leaning towards uh barks or pib. Okay. Yeah, so Pib. Hmm. Pib raspberry so, vanilla. That's just too fucked up. Yeah. That just I, was like illogical in a way that I think would like not appeal to the major. Yeah. I think. I think it would probably be vanilla, just straight vanilla, but I could also see cherry. Yeah, I think it's I think it's cherry pib. Yeah. 
Because then it's just yeah. like that extra hit. Like Cherry Pib is like classy. There's just enough dimensions yeah. there at that point. Vanilla could work, but I just the major has that like playful streak. Mm-hmm. You know where it's like this is her like private life. I, I, yeah. I see this as like part of her private life where there's like that playfulness of like yeah oh yeah the major like drinks like cherry pib vanilla is a little like too austere um with like through that lens yeah um ishikawa ishikawa drinks mellow yellow yes (laughs) mellow yellow is the one Uh, (laughs) um God, I'm looking at the options here. Like raspberry peach. Isn't mellow yellow already a citrus drink? Why is there mellow yeah. yellow a citrus twist? I don't know. What the fuck is that? What are they doing to to mellow yellow? To, to, <laughs> like, what is it? Mellow yellow point? is just like basically their Mountain Dew, I think. Yeah, but if you like got Mountain Dew, it was, if you got like Mountain Dew citrus twist, would you not be incredibly confused? Yeah, it would be a little weird. Also, the limeade one's a little like okay. Um, the limeade no, he's definitely one, putting some some shit in there. Yeah, yeah, he is. He's drinking something weird. You should count. Yeah. Is. Um, I'm no leaning raspberry peach, not... but maybe uh, strawberry. Strawberry orange. orange? What? <laughs> strawberry <That's>... <laughs> orange and mellow yellow. Oh, that's so weird. That's. I think that's Ishigawa. I think that's it. Strawberry yeah. orange. <laughs> well, what? <laughs> like, I feel like I would have to. If I was, if I was doing this, I would have to go through a yeah. lot of other combinations first before hitting strawberry orange. And yet, that's one of seven here. Yeah. Um, Bato. Bato's mm. definitely doing like vitamin water or Powerade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so vitamin water is, is my pick for Togusa. Um Okay, so probably Powerade zero sugar. Or I think he needs the sugar for because he's like burning those calories. Yeah. Yeah. He's doing um, he's doing regular Powerade. For sure. Uh which are these flavors? <sighs> So we've got cherry, fruit, fruit punch, punch grape, lemon, lime, orange, raspberry, strawberry. Which one did you say? I think Bato might be a fruit punch guy. Yeah. Fruit punch um, is just like, you know, the no nonsense. Like, you're not thinking about it. You're just grabbing it off the shelf at the grocery store. Like, you don't yeah. care what flavor this shit is at this point. You're just getting like the red, the red one. Yeah. Um I think sometimes when he wants to mix it up he just does orange. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe he just like, you know, hits the first button and he's like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. I'll yeah. just take he gets whatever. cherry, which is the first button here. Okay. Um yeah. I'm very Togusa, satisfied so far. Water. I'm very satisfied with with our answers so far. Yes. If I if I do say so myself. 
Um, which vitamin water is Togusa getting? Pink lemonade. Yeah. Yeah. Is that you got it in is one? That fair? Yeah, yeah. I think it's. I think that's the one. Um, I briefly thought about peach, but no, pink lemonade's the one. Um. Then uh, here's the ones that are going to be a little bit harder. Borma. Mm, um. I'm like, does Borma drink Sprite Zero Sugar? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he does. Um, Sp- zero Sugar Limeade. Okay, that's the so one. Here we. Okay, so here we are. I have been. <laughs> I. Uh. Yeah, they they got me again. Um, yeah, they they got me again. Uh, I I thought I thought this couldn't happen, but um, so in addition to the mellow yellow uh, citrus twist, we now have like in a sprite with an additional citrus modifier tacked yeah. on. I think that like I've been normally. Like, if he was just getting cans, Borma would just get Sprite Zero Sugar. And when he's coming to the Coca-Cola Freestyle Machine, he kind of just wants his Sprite Zero Sugar, but he feels like he should do something a little bit more fun, but he does the Limeade because it's not that different. Like, we're not getting wild here. We're not doing blueberry pomegranate. Orange vanilla? Yeah. No. Yeah. It's like ginger, you know? And it's like, he drinks this enough that the the limeade like he can tell the distinct like different citrus flavor that's there you know yeah yeah he can um, he, and then eventually he, he like gets used to it and looks forward to it yeah but like and then that's how it becomes like what he gets every time yeah um wow. saito i think saito's doing like an iced tea maybe I feel like the iced tea vibe is too like chilled out for Saito even. Maybe. Um Do you think Saito's the one doing barks? He no, might but I be. don't think he wants caffeine. What's this minute made Because he doesn't sparkling... want that jitter. Yeah, what's this minute made sparkling drinks? This might be Which one? There's Min- like multiple. Minute made Minute Made Sparkling Drink the third one. My Minute Maids that I have are Minute Maid uh, Agua Frescas, Minute Maid Lemonades, Minute Maid Zero Sugar Lemonades. And the one right Minute after that. Minute Maid Zero Sugar Drinks. Oh, you don't have Minute the sparkling Maid one? No. Wait, I, I... Oh, so the sparkling has caffeine. Because I did, I did caffeine free. Okay, okay, never mind. Sorry. I just yeah. I dropped that link, but like we're, st- we're looking at the same thing. We are. Um, uh, Saito is a tough one. Um, yeah. Is is Saito drinking Sprite Zero Sugar Ginger? I think Saito that might go pleasant. for a Fanta. Yeah. Yeah, I can yeah. see that. Maybe it's just something that's like... I, I Okay, I have to envision like Saito... In the card game episode, the second game mm-hmm. card game, like 
this is the only Saito I can connect with enough to like answer this question for. What yeah. is Saito drinking at the card game? See, I think this is I again, I think like he doesn't want caffeine because he doesn't want the jitter because he's a sniper. Mm-hmm. Um he never wants to like touch caffeine so he doesn't want to get into that territory. And he also doesn't um, probably doesn't want too much sugar for the same reason. Yes. Um and so if I if I'm doing like zero sugar, but I think he still wants something that's kind of bold. It looks like Barks is actually caffeine free, which I didn't know. I thought Barks was the one that had caffeine. So I I think it's either Barks or it's Fanta. Like I think he still wants something kind of bold. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I could see like the the diet coke caffeine free. Um I could yeah. see Barks, the diet Barks. Um Fanta Fanta is just like cheeky and playful in a way that I just can't yeah. envision for Saito. That's my That's- one hang up there. There are very few options for barks, but I could see vanilla barks. Vanilla diet barks. Me too. Um, um What about diet barks cream soda? Does cream soda have caffeine? No. That's also in the caffeine free modifier. And I think we'll just do the vanilla flavor here. The other ones we have are peach, strawberry, and orange, which I just don't no, think that's is the too vibe. Much. Yeah, yeah, that's too much. Well, yeah, Saito is the... I didn't expect he would be the toughest one. Yeah. So are we going with the Diet Barks, then? The I think so. Okay, the I'm with you. Yeah. Um, then, uh, pause. Hmm. Let's see. What which of these drinks just screams sorrow to you? Oh. I mean in its own weird way, high C High C, I'm I'm leaving a high C because like that is what the touch come is get. That's true. That's true. <laughs> See, because I was yes. thinking, like, high C is, like, the kid's drink, you know? Yes. Which does make make sense for the Tachikomas. But I was thinking there's, like, a weird sorrow in, like, getting that. You're absolutely right. But I think that but one I, has to go to the Tachikomas. I think we can find something better here. Um, What about... Is this the Diet Coke caffeine-free? It's like Coke is like your base one. There's no sugar. There's no caffeine. Or is it just straight Coke? It's just like, just give just me Coca-Cola. Give a... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's there what are it is. All of these choices. Just give me fucking Coke. He's just like, like very like aggressively just like yeah. <laughs> pounding his way through the machine. Like everyone else yes. is excited about the machine because you get to like, it's fun and you get to make a choice. And pause Ooh. is just like this fucking bullshit. Like, just I just want the like, yeah, I just want to like press the tab and have the coat come out. That's definitely um, what it is. So then, yeah, Tachikomas, um, High C, they all have like each Tachikoma has a different flavor of High C. 
Yes. Um, absolutely. Yeah. And then they like swap around. Yeah. They like switch every time. Um, they get confused because they're like, wait, I thought my favorite was that one. You know, like, it's like, I thought my favorite was was the raspberry lime. Why are you getting raspberry lime? No, mine's always been the raspberry lime. And then, um, like, gets, it gets really, it gets really heated when one of them has, like, like, they have, like, one of them spills the high C on yeah. themselves. And then they have, like, like, state, like, uh, you know, re- residue. Yeah. And it's very, very clearly, like, like, grape. And everyone's yeah. like, wait, you're the one who, like who likes great and then that one's like oh i am and then you know then there's a whole there's a whole side plot about that yeah um and then do we want to do uh goda and uh kuze again absolutely um kuze is drinking bark's cream soda (laughs) yeah (laughs) Um, I guess just why, I guess if you just want cream soda, like standard cream soda, you're doing vanilla. Why is there peach in here? I don't know. That does not seem right. Um, I think that Kuze would drink the Barks cream soda orange. Yeah, yeah. That 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 just feels right. Yeah. Um, a true man of the people. Yes. Uh, and like feels like a little bit like um classic in a way mm-hmm. like it's not like a modern drink to have like a cream soda with orange in it but that's something you would get at like a soda fountain like a uh you know soda jerk soda fountain yeah um, it's the kind of thing that like no one would think to get it but then when they do you're like holy shit like i would get that yeah. i identify with that guy like that's someone I can follow who's making good decisions. Uh, and who knows what's up? Yeah. Like if someone got that, I would respect them instantly and be like, Hey, can I like talk to you? Like, you just seem like you really have you like really have your shit together. You know? Yeah. Um, and then go to now, Okay, so we've like addressed which of these drinks is the most like is the saddest. Yeah. Which of these drinks is the most evil? Um Is it Fanta Zero Vanilla? Uh maybe I was <laughs> That one kind of works because so I was looking at the iced tea or the aha sparkling water. Um but I, I think that there is a certain desire to be showboating with Goda. Yes. To feel distinct and not just distinct in his like weird mediocrity. You know? For sure. It's like, yeah, he, he wants to feel like smarter than everyone else. Yes. Um so I think you are correct. Okay, so F- Fanta Zero Vanilla. Yes. Okay. Um, um, what I especially like about it is that the vanilla does still get a little bit of that, like, um, you know, vanilla being like, oh, 
he could do a whole monologue about how like vanilla is considered to be this like nothing flavor now but in fact like in the historical origins of vanilla like actual vanilla bean is extremely expensive uh it was like highly priced spice that was like used as a flavoring and things um and it is only through like the the way that like people have have become accustomed to the like imitation vanillin that like it has become this this uh nothing flavor that uh people have like no opinions about but in fact it is like this this great pinnacle that has been like copied absolutely Um, also yeah yeah, there's a whole other like and then a couple episodes later he has a whole other monologue about how like when you come to the coca-cola freestyle machine the option that is always the most overlooked is the Fanta Zero. Like, no one ever wants to drink a Fanta Zero. But in fact, like, if you take the Fanta Zero and you augment it with the vanilla, like, this flavor that no one is thinking about in this combination that no one is thinking about <laughs> actually creates, like, the best drink of all. Yeah. Like, the best drink possible in this machine is this, like, completely unconsidered uh like obscure uh possibility that only I have like figured out. Um and then the uh third and final question from Ina. Number four, which questions on this show like uh which characters on this show <laughs> like Tony Hawk games? Uh Let's just let's just run on the list. Uh, Armaki yeah. doesn't know what a video game is. No, Armaki, no. He should. It's the future. He, there were video games when he was a kid. He still doesn't know what they are. Um, yeah, no way. The major loves Tony Hawk games in our free time. Yeah, the major's like already beaten like every Tony Hawk game. Yeah, and like has like the some like records in every game. Um, Ishikawa, I think also plays a lot of Tony Hawk for sure. Um, is definitely not like, is like, I'm not really playing it for the score. I just kind of enjoy like skating around, you know, in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, like it's fun to do some tricks and I can do some cool tricks, but I'm not like really seeking the score in that same way. Yeah. I don't think that the major is, uh, Bato. Um, this one's a I little bit harder. I don't think Bato like is a video game. I don't think he plays games. Yeah, um, he's the type of guy that would like Tony Hawk if he played it, but I just yeah. don't think that he likes video games or plays them. I think I think that Bato is like I don't I don't ever play video games, and yet every time that he goes to the pizzeria to get pizza and there's the like cabinet in the front of Pac-Man, he plays a game of Pac-Man while he waits to like get the pizza. Yeah. For you sure. know, yeah. um, he like plays it in that sense where like, it and is he gets, like, like there and it's like a it. part of the space. Yeah. And then he gets way too worked up about it when he's yeah. like playing it there. Um, then Togusa, um, Togus is too busy raising a kid to play video games. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Togus is like fully, he's just given up on like playing. He's like, yeah, no, I'm a parent now. Like, I don't have time for that. He's like, just um, not even trying to 
like keep yeah. it in his life still. Yeah. Um, Borma, I think, plays Tony Hawk games. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Maybe like and then, Devils. And then I when don't think Saito or Paz do. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. And, and Kuze and, and Goda, I would say, don't either. Yeah. Um, all right. And then, uh, do you want to do the final question? Um, the final two questions, you mean? Well, yeah. Our final email. Yes. Um, well, our final email is from Joao, uh, and we have two questions here. Um, I don't know if we, uh, if this was a longer email that has been edited down, um, we're, you know, when people like, when people like, you know, praise us profusely, um, yeah, we don't like read it, read it back on the podcast because we're just humble like that. Um, um the start of this email said, Looking back through history, men like him have wielded unbelievable power. For instance, Che Guevara, Malcolm X, and Cassius Clay are textbook examples. He's the same in a certain sense, but ideologically, he's much closer to Gandhi or Martin Luther King. Question one. <laughs> so that was, the, that was the part that I cut out. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah th- thanks for that. Um, but yeah, sometimes we'll edit down these emails point being like i'm not even gonna make a joke here um i was kind of trying to but sometimes we'll edit down these emails um we we appreciate uh all of the sentiments though even if they're edited out um question one um what is what is the work of art that most surprised you by how much it resonated with you this is me being back-brained and nana is already given for nia if the first answer is nana um, so I have talked a little bit about Nana because, uh, I did go into it expecting to like it, but I was kind of surprised. I, I've talked about this on, I, I think the weird thing about the way that we do the podcast right now is that I, I don't think it's in the Bacchano one episodes were recorded, but it could be, but I know I've talked to you and I've also talked on like other podcasts that, um, Reading it was this, to some degree, this moment of like, oh, the kind of romance stories that I like, like may have been seated when I uh, read this, like sitting in a, in a borders. Um, And also just like the, the ties to punk stuff being like, you know, I was a punk in high school. Um, So that's definitely one that resonated more than I thought. Um, the other big one, which is one that we did for the Yule special for me, was um, Independent People. I was, uh, the first time I read it, I was amazed at um, how much, because I, I was kind of getting into like Icelandic stuff, um, and I'd heard of Loxness being like the Nobel laureate. Um, and I was like, okay, I'm going to like read his like big classic that everyone says to read. Um, and I was, I was surprised at how much that book actually like resonated with me and um how much i connected with it and like how much it uh it like surprised me how how great it was and you know i was kind of just going into it being like oh i'm just gonna read some of these other works um and was just surprised by it like 
suddenly becoming one of my favorite novels. So, yeah, no, that's a good one. Um, I think, uh, I mean, this is such a difficult like question cause it's just so broad. Um, I think I'm going to like, I have an answer that's top of mind. Um, because I'm, I'm like going through it again now. Um, but then also like Ina's original email had, um, had a Shakespeare reference in it. Um, so kind of a coincidence here. Um, when I, I was surprised when I read Coriolanus, um, like how much it hit me, um, and uh, you know, obviously, like I, I like Shakespeare, um, and have a like deep, deep appreciation for, um, for Shakespeare. Uh, well, well, but being by no means an expert or anything, um, but I was um, in the course of this seminar that I was that I was taking um, in undergrad. Um, we ended up doing Coriolanus alongside a few other Shakespeare plays. Um, and like, I didn't really um, expect much from it. Um, but it is uh, absolutely like searing, um, like a searing critique of um, like, masculinity um that i think is still like uh and and the various like uh constitutive like elements of masculinity um and the way like not only the way that masculinity is constructed um but the way that it like operates in society um at like the collective level and also at like the level of the individual um and like uh and also um critiquing like uh sexuality along with this um specifically like male sexuality um there's a, a richness here in this play that is like um that is really profound um that I won't be able to do justice to right now because uh, I'm just I'm not prepared to talk about it um but it is like my favorite Shakespeare uh, play. Um, and uh, it's one that like is really crucial to um, a lot of my thinking about like not only literature, but also um, about gender or it's one that I'm often like um, coming back to um, in, in thinking about gender and, and myself Um so, uh, yeah, that's, that would be my answer to that one. Um, do you want to read question number two here? Um, sure. Why Divey is the Kuze of the Export Network? So, next time we will be watching... <laughs> I don't know if so you have an actual answer to this, but thank you for the brat question, Joao. I have seen like I'm this question puts me in a weird spot because 
there is like an inside joke here that I've managed to like miss completely. I that I've like seen I've seen this joke being made, but I don't know like anything behind it. Uh, so, so I can't answer this, and you don't have to like elaborate because it's a brat question. So um, on uh, the podcast where we were talking about how uh, Kuze like synchronizes thoughts with people, but can just do it through talking. Um, we just joked about how that's like what we do by releasing a podcast is that we just mm-hmm. talk and people listen to us and they synchronize their thoughts with ours. Um, and because I said that, uh, Joao was like, Oh, so you're saying that you're Kuze. Which yeah, is not playing what we on were like, saying. Playing on, yeah, yeah, yeah. And playing on the fact yeah. that you like are like, you know, our, that you our don't general like some dislike of, the, of, uh, of a lot of Kuzay's. how the Kuze stuff gets handled. Yeah, um, yeah. So for the record, was just talking about how podcasts are a thing that, you know, can synchronize thoughts. Um, that what Kuze is doing is not that special. Anyway, uh, next time we're going to be doing <laughs> Bacano. <laughs> That's our next series. I don't know if you have any other thoughts before I get into our whole ending spiel. No, I'm I'm good. Okay. Uh, so we will be joined by. We've actually already recorded these episodes. Um, they were a lot of fun. Uh, it's very funny to me. The uh, something happens when I watch the second half of that series, and I just completely change from like really trying to take everything seriously uh, to just being like, "Oh, this was just funny." Um, but yeah, it's, it's a journey. Um, it's the, it's the, the, um, it's the Ronnie, uh, effect. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we'll be watching through Bacano. It'll be, uh, there'll be the intro episode and then two discussion episodes and a question bucket. Um, and if people want to like sort of look ahead and, and see what we have planned for the podcast, if you go to exportodio slash diving schedule, um, you will sort of see the, the current planned uh, schedule for everything. Uh, so after we do Bacchano, we're doing Serial Experiments Lane. Um, Autumn will be back for that. Uh, they did not join for this question bucket just because timing's been kind of like I'm guesting on a podcast tomorrow and stuff. So our, our scheduling for both of us are a little tight. Um, then, uh, after lane, we're going to do paranoia agent with, uh, Josh McKenzie and Craig Neeson from, uh, swim fans, which is, which is actually the podcast that I'm going to be recording a, a guest thing on, um, tomorrow. Um, and then after that, we are going to have Kino's Journey uh, with special guest Kim Bellwoods. Um, and then we'll do uh, Iron-Blooded Orphans, which will be a very long series for us to do. Um, after that, we are then moving into... I've kind of like set a new pattern for us to, to try and approach things, which is to have Connor choose something, have me choose something... Um, and then possibly in that like third spot, we can bring on a guest and have the guest choose something or 
you know, something like that. It's a little bit more of like a free spot, or we could just skip back to Connor, me, Connor, me back and forth. Um, but so the, this starting of the cycle will be Connor picking psychopaths, me picking Nana. Um, and then autumn will be back for berserk. So, um, that'll be a fun time, but th- yeah, that's, yeah, that's what's that ahead. Is a, that is a, a fantastic slate of, yes. uh, of stuff we have coming up. Um, and of course, like we might do manga episodes as bonus stuff. Um, I put in, but we don't know what we're doing yet for the other Yule specials, but I kind of put in when those are going to land. So, um, people can look forward to those as well. Um, if you want to write in to future question buckets, you can send emails to ghostdiverspod at gmail.com. Uh, if you'd like to support the network, go to exportodd.io. That'll take you to, um, I think still at this time, it will take you to the Patreon. Um, at some point, uh, I'm going to work with, uh, Autumn and Nora to like try and set up more of a website. Um, mostly it's a thing that they've been wanting to work on and I'm just like, I have some web design experience so I can help out, um, and then uh, if you want to listen to my other podcasts, you can go to exportaudio slash ornate stairwells. Or if you become a uh, patron of the network, um, you'll also get episodes of that podcast a week early um, in sort of the Patreon feed. Um, what else can they get early if they uh, subscribe? Uh, they will be able to get Pondering Puton early when that starts up, but that hasn't started yet. But um, that'll be the... The podcast where you and I read a chapter or two. It's it's kind of based on how much would have been in the uh, weekly magazine at the time um, of the manga Cromartie High School and um, maybe talk about it or maybe just shoot the shit for a while. Um, we'll, we'll see. Uh, if you're a fan of a lot of the just goofing around that we do, uh, we got a little taste of it at the beginning of the episode. There'll be some more after the end credits. Um, that's basically what Pondering Putin's going to be, I think. I mean, we haven't recorded any of it yet, so I'm sure it'll take it's out only, an identity it's of its own. It's potentiality at this point. Yeah. It is meant to be the, the space where we are just like able to be, let's just record something goofy and release it. Um, and because... If people listen to the stuff after the end credits, those go long mostly because uh, this is the main time that I talk to you, Connor, and it's uh, fun to just like joke around and not always just be serious talking about anime. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's just another outlet for us to to hang out and uh, not have to be super serious and reading into anime and theory and politics. Um, but yeah, people, people should just go ahead and, um, subscribe to the Patreon because you know how it is. Like you're listening to this now and you're like, Oh, that sounds really good. I wish I, I would definitely want to get that early. Uh, but then life happens and you know, you forget about it. And then the first episode comes out and it's like, ah, if I'd only gotten it early. Yeah. Um, so just like, you know, subscribe now. There's all kinds of, you know. Yeah, it's just a dollar to get 
the stuff a week early. And you um, get oh, so you get a ton of other stuff. Yeah. Um, so it's not like you're not like you're getting a lot if you subscribe now, um, and then you'll be locked in for when Plundering Putons hits. Yeah. Um, the podcasts that you get early are uh, Mondays is Gotham City Limits, a Batman podcast. Um, Tuesdays, Ornate Stairwells, that's the podcast that I mentioned previously, which is my movie podcast with Autumn. Um, then on Wednesdays, it's Hot Singles, which I think is like usually every other week. Uh, it's a music podcast. Um, then uh, Thursdays uh, has not returned yet, but... Um, Ars Arcanum, which is reading through through Brandon Sanderson novels. Um, and then Sundays is um, Bag, Bag End. End Book Club, which is, is Tolkien stuff. They're onto the Silmarillion now. Um, so those are all the ones that you get a week early. Also on the network, if you go to exportodd.io, you'll like see a list of stuff. Um if people are listening to this, they might also enjoy Attention Duelist, which is a Yu-Gi-Oh! rewatch podcast um, with uh, Nora and Olivia. Um, that's a lot of fun. Um, and there's some other ones that I, I might be forgetting that are on the network. Um, and if you give $5 to the, the network, then you can get uh, Pop Town Funk, where Autumn and Nora uh, roll a random Funko Pop and then have to watch something from it. Um, like if, so, well, most recently they got Johnny Rotten and we're going to watch Sid and Nancy and then, um, kept not feeling like watching Sid and Nancy cause it's honestly really not Nora's vibe. Um, and so they watched Chippendale's Rescue Rangers instead. Um, but usually they'll watch something that's related to it. Um, but they decided to punish themselves with Chippendale. Um, and also you'll get access to a, a newly announced podcast that hasn't come out yet, but you'll be primed and ready for it when it happens. Uh, the weed of time, which is going to be a podcast where, um, Autumn and Nora read a book from the wheel of time series, um, and then get high and have to talk about it. So, um, I think the name came first for that one. <laughs> um, yeah, that's the that's the uh, like refrain that I think is going to be attached yeah. to every <laughs> every time. Um, it sounds amazing, though. Yeah, um, I think it's going to be a uh, a great podcast. Um, and then you can follow the podcast. Uh, that being our podcast, Ghost Divers, by going to Ghost Divers Pod at uh, Twitter. Um, I was going into the, like, at Gmail. Um, yeah, on Twitter, I tweet, like, about new episodes there. Sometimes I'll just retweet funny stuff or Utena fan art or whatever. Um, you can also follow me at FoxMomNia, or you can also follow my account, Mediav underscore Pile. That's M-E-D-I-A-M-H underscore P-I-L-E. Um, FoxMomNia is my main account. It's usually where I tweet about like ornate stairwells. Um, and then media pile is if I'm watching or reading or something and I just want to like live tweet stuff. Um, I usually post it there. Um, speaking of great Twitter content and posting stuff, where can people follow you on Twitter? Y'all can follow me at rebelays or Um, yeah, check out the, yeah. the just, 
absolute uh, cornucopia of amazing yeah. content. Um, truly is a horn of plenty. That I don't that Twitter account. The thing is, we we joke about how you don't tweet, but I I think that people don't actually realize that if you do tweet at Connor, there is a chance that he might end up responding. It has happened before. Um, yeah. I like. I I will see it. Yeah. Um, I get push notifications on my phone. Um, people have have uh, tagged me like. Pretty much every tweet where someone's actually like tweeted at me has been like really great. Um, yeah. I can't remember one that like wasn't really great. Um, so, uh, yeah. Uh, so thanks for that. Um, yeah. And you know, I, I, I don't like. I certainly don't mind when when I get something like that. Um, so. Um, and I guess yeah. the other thing too, if you want to interact more as well. Uh, I think if you just like Google abnormal mapping discord, you should find how to, to join the discord for the abnormal mapping network, which is like the sister network of, um, export and export audio doesn't have its own discord. We just have a channel there. Um, mostly because autumn and Nora don't want to have to deal with like running a whole discord. So, uh, if you go to the export chat in the abnormal mapping discord, you can, talk about new episodes things like that um also just talk to to like-minded people um like-minded being like generally leftist and like not horrible people um which can sometimes be nice if you want a spot to talk about anime um online yeah so yeah um yeah it's it's a good place yeah um I've done like a little bit of an extra spiel here, but I, I figured the question buckets are sometimes the nice place to do it because people are just here to listen to us, um, you know, ramble on about stupid questions. They, this is the spot to really sell them on something. Mm. Uh, so anyway, thank you for letting me sell to you. Bye everyone. (laughs) Bye everyone. (laughs) See you next time. Between the world of sleep and awake Seems so far away from where I've been And unsure but not afraid Trusting my soul I know I must be taken to see the world that is Not so far from now Imaginations come and sweep the shores of my mind Letting it be visions pass and emotions arise Letting them go beyond the doors I've never seen Opening one by one Wake up, I hear a voice Thank you.
time that is. Sure. Yeah, we'll do a final time that is club. Just get that out of the way. Okay. Um, let's do forty-one. Yeah, I'm sorry that um that you're still having such a hard time with the the breathing thing. I felt bad every time I like really made you laugh. It it uh yeah, I feel like it you made can, you cough a lot. I feel like it was not quite the same um last night, but I feel like all of my laughs are just like <laughs> yeah. I, um. I mean, I, I don't mind. I don't think yeah. no one. I don't think anyone's going to mind. Um, um, but I did feel bad. Yeah, I mean, it's was whatever other sickness I got, but um, and like Emily has a cough. Our toddler has a cough still. Um, we're how, how are they better. doing? Um, but like the cough, they basically just have a cough, whereas like I've had just more intense like um, respiratory. Yeah. Yeah. Um, especially like the worst day of it was like, it would be like three hours and I have like an hour left to, to, until I can do the, um, inhaler again. And I'd just be like, you know, getting up and like bending over to like put some dishes in the, you know, washing machine and then going back to my desk to work some more. And then I'd sit down and be like, who I'm a little out of breath. <laughs> um, yeah. That's not good. Yeah. It's not supposed to be like that. So. No. Yeah, you're like definitely not getting enough oxygen. Um, but it is so when um whenever they listen to my lungs, they sound good. Um the x rays were fine. Um and it seems like whatever I have right now, especially because of the crackling sound, the the doctor at the um urgent care said that it's probably like there might be some like asthma thing that could include the the lungs, but the actual like thing that's causing it right now is the throat, not the lungs, which is oh interesting. Um, so because it's like a a throat thing if you get that like creaking sound kind of when you breathe because mm -hmm. that's happening in the the like airway. So it's like your windpipe or whatever. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I hit record. Me too. Um, do you want to immediately do a time that is clap? Get us ready yeah. for when we do uh, pondering Puton? <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. We'll do uh, 41. Okay. All right. I felt good That's about my clap. Um, I'm so excited for you to see how I've decided to intro Pondering Puton. I'm saving okay. it for the first episode. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's good. I, I would love to just like start Pondering Puton with something completely out of left field that just like throws me for a loop. Yeah. Um, starting it in just like utter confusion and disorder is, is my ideal. So I think as a general rule, like as much shit that you can come up with that would be like, that is funny to not tell me and then just do it live on air. 
to like throw me for a loop. You're, uh, you're like is, maybe overinflating how like bizarre and weird the. I just have a different that, intro because because you know Ghost Divers is like big energy. Hello and welcome to Ghost Divers. Uh, I have a different thing planned for how I'm going to intro Pondering Puton. Okay, but I yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Well, there's no. Ex- I don't like expect. I I am completely foregoing all expectation. Yeah. Um, but also, what I was saying, I, you know, I that got me on another tangent, which like, I, I do want to like, I am serious about. Um, which is I'm like, fully on board with any type of like hijinks that. We can perpetrate. You, you want me to constantly people. keep you on your toes on pondering Putin? Well, I mean, and vice versa. Uh, yeah. Insofar as like, I'm I mean, sure gonna... you and Jimmy Kimmel are planning all sorts of things right now. Yeah, Jimmy and I have they've had kind of like a falling out recently. Um, it all fell apart once you stopped. Um, you know, once you no longer were doing Heathcliff. No, I still yeah. do Heathcliff. I'm not doing Garfield anymore. Sorry, Garfred Aloud. That's what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, once Garfred Aloud died, it all started falling apart for me and Jimmy. Yeah, but who knows? You know, someone else might appear. Um, Pondering Puton might pick up some famous fans. Yeah, it could. See. Um, it'll be fun when I do the little promos at the end of Ghost Divers, or if I'm like, if you pay a dollar, you can get access to, you know, these podcasts early to have like one that you're on be one of those two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it'll make me feel good to finally be in that exclusive tier. Yeah. Where people are paying to hear you early. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm gonna. I'm just gonna assume that all the subscribers, even pre-existing subscribers, are are doing it for pondering Puton <laughs> to just build up my ego yeah. even more. Um, it's also like the fact that it will just be in the Patreon feed. I feel like will just increase the likelihood that like random people who are just fans of the network will listen to it. Yeah, um, it 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 would slash will make me very happy if someone just like who has no like prior exposure to your crow eye just like listens to a pondering puton on a lark and is like oh this is great yeah um that was so be- i feel like because i didn't join the um abnormal mapping discord like right away when we started doing the podcast um, and so we've technically always won, been on export, but like there was not as much crossover where people who were like fans of export stuff, like also once ornate stairwells got off the ground, then people who are like familiar with autumn's podcast would listen to that and then get familiar with me and then listen to like ghost divers. And so I feel like our audience grew from export audio, but like the, some of the original people listening to ghost divers, um, aside from just like a few, there were some export people who were also listening to ghost divers, but there were also just like 
people who followed me on Twitter or who just like randomly found an, an anime podcast. Um, I feel like we have like the the most we have like a uh, a different circle that's like slightly off from a lot of other export stuff is like yeah, everybody just listens to circle. all of them. Yeah. Yeah. Because like if you're like specifically in it for like autumn or nora stuff then that's most of the podcasts so yeah and then you know because there's so much crossover like it's natural to to end up just like listening to everything um but yeah pondering puton especially since it's like such a different thing adding that as like another node in this dynamic is going to be very uh interesting yeah because if there are people who like just start listening to Pondering Puton and they're like, oh, I really like Pondering Puton, like, let me check out Ghost Divers. <laughs> and then it's like, <laughs> what the fuck is happening? <laughs> what, what is this podcast? Um, I'm going to try and get all of the, the coughs when I edit this, but... If you are listening to this, dear listener, um, and you did hear some coughs in there, sorry, I didn't get them all. I'm should sick. I, just, I can't. I can't fix it. Should I just do some like bad audio on my side to balance it out? No, that'll be worse. Okay. Um. um I don't want to make you. Just, you know. I don't want to, I don't want to make you the target of like all of the frustration. I'm willing to take some of that burden on myself by making loud slurping noises into the mic every uh, please no. 15 minutes. <laughs> okay. um, um I don't know if you've been up to anything. I I went to a toddler birthday party today. Um which is just like tiring in its own unique way. Um, but I don't know if you have, yeah. Um, I mean, it's still fun to just like see the kids running around playing with each other, but, um, yeah, the, the weirdest part of it is that like you are at this party where the person that you know best is like your child who you're just like here because they're a toddler. And so you have to be there too. Um, do you, you want to just ha- do you want to just have like start recording the episode and then ha- have the toddler birthday party like discussion in the episode? No, I guess okay. we could, but I don't know. Um, just yeah, so, no, continue. However, however you want to proceed. Yeah, it's basically like the person that I know best is my toddler, and then the next two people that I know like at all are my two toddlers toddler friends um (laughs) and then there's just like the adults who are attached to like all these toddlers um and you're just like i don't know you at all um you're like the same age as me or like roughly like we're we're all adults um but we're just gonna stand here awkwardly drinking the like hard seltzer that you got while we watch our Uh, kids play um yeah yeah yeah, I've um, I've thought about this. I was having a conversation about this with someone recently as well. I can't remember who it was or when or where, 
Um, this might just be a complete figment of my imagination. Um, but like I, I've considered that like having kids, like what happens to your social life when you like have children, at least in like one, one respect is this like these social dynamics that happen where it's like, Oh, like my kid is like friends with another kid. So now we're going to like, in order to accommodate like that, that socialization, then I have to like be around like their parents. And like, I think there's just some weird dynamic where like people just want to put that like parent relationship. Like people don't know how to like deal with that because it's weird. Um, so then it's just like, oh yeah, like let's just kind of like sort of act like we're friends. Yeah. Um, but then it's like, no, we're not friends at all. Like we have nothing in common. Like there's like other than just like having children that are the same age, which means nothing. Like but now we're just like having to be like you know, pseudo friends or in this weird like coercive friend situation. Yeah. To accommodate our toddlers, like it just must be like so incredibly alienating to to like be in that position. Yeah. Um so yeah. Um I feel like it's also more tragic for straight people because uh this is just happening with like all of your friends because just everybody is like straight and getting married and having kids. Um and so it's also like, well, I'm not spending as much time with like my friend i'm either trying to like have my kids become friends with my friend's kids or i'm having to become friends with my friend's kids parents yeah or my kids friends parents um sorry but like it has to be option number one like yeah sorry kid like (laughs) but when (laughs) you're queer learn to like this other kid yeah but when you're queer then it's just like, well, okay, I just have a kid, and then we have, like, 20 different cool, like, aunts and uncles and relatives who aren't actually related who just roll by sometimes and hang out with you. Oh, yeah. 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 That's, that, that is that is a significant difference, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, um, if, if I end up having kids at some point, um... I think I'm just going to go with that first option. I'm just going to sit my kid down and be like, hey, like, look, I know it's hard. You're three years old. It's tough. It's tough out there. But I've lined up some very good friend candidates for you. <laughs> they just so happen to be the children of my friends. And like, <laughs> I'm sorry, but I have a lot more history with these people. So like, this is going to take, you'll, you'll this find is going to take precedence. What's that? Either. Either the the connection will be instant, uh, and you'll just like it'll like there's something genetic like whatever made me friends with this person it'll like <laughs> it'll just exist there too with you, uh, or like just keep sitting it out and eventually you'll just get the like chain gang effect and then you'll be in it together. Uh, one or the other is going to happen. So, exactly. Yeah. 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 So, like, you're just going to, you know, again, like, you know, I'm an adult, like, I'm a little bit more cognitively developed. So I think, you know, 
my judgment and my my decision on this on this uh subject should take precedence because it's more informed yeah uh, so therefore like you know you're just gonna have to learn to like this kid yeah it's gonna it's gonna build character and i'm aware that my friend's child bradley likes to eat his boogers just tell him not to do it just be the good influence in his life (laughs) yeah it's even more of a reason like you know yeah it's a chance to help people which also builds character yeah um yeah i think i got that one pretty much pretty much squared away there's um, no way i'll have issues with that the part that was really good about the toddler birthday party that i went to um, is that the dad side of the family is all Peruvian. So the food was like, um, the abuela ma- made, uh, ceviche. Uh, oh, nice. that was, that was good. Uh, there was like empanadas. There was like these pulled pork sandwiches, um, like fried plantain stuff. It was good. That sounds incredible. Um, I feel like fried Plantain is not as like directly Peruvian, but it was still good. There's also a a fried um, potato, which I think potatoes are are, like very Peruvian. I've seen fried plantain and everything from like West African to Caribbean to like South American. Yeah. Um, Which I mean, you know, there's clearly like someone who there's clearly like a culinary history there that makes sense somewhere in there. Um, yeah, but, um, I don't know where, like, you know, what the origin of it is though. When a lot of it is just like, you know, stuff like cross pollination of cuisines and things. Um, yeah. cause I think like, I think potatoes originate in Peru. Um, that's like where like potatoes spread from, I believe. Um, okay. Yeah. That, that would make sense. Yeah. Um, but cause yeah, like tomatoes are also from like South America or whatever. Yeah. And everyone's Um, just like, what? One thing that I, I always think about, especially because like people get into like such huge fights over like what is and isn't pizza, um, and like, oh, do you put pineapple on pizza or whatever? And it's like literally pita bread is like the same linguistic word as pizza. Yeah. Well then you have like pita, like, you know. Yeah, and then you have like pita. Like- um uh, there's like it then like connects with some other I think like names change at some point but then it like connects with a lot of flatbreads that exist in like you know Indian subcontinent and stuff. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, and it's just like what like the root of pizza just means is that you have some flatbread that you put shit on it. Um, yeah. Like <laughs> let people put whatever shit they want on their flatbread. It's fine. Um, yeah. But if you do sell me some shitty bread with some stuff on top of it and you say that it's a flatbread thing at Panera Bread or whatever, I'll be like, shut up, just give me good pizza. <laughs> this isn't pizza. Yeah. If it comes from Panera, it's not pizza. That's the um, uh, that's the one exception is Panera. Like Anything yeah. that comes out of Panera is like a bastard 
entity that is completely the, removed. The one from thing whatever. that I think is just like is true Panera bread to me is just like the bread bowl with the broccoli and cheddar soup in it. Yeah. Well, that's classic. Like you know. Yeah. Like you know. Panera, it's also like, just a bread bowl is like. You still want like decent bread, but a bread bowl is not also is not going to be like the best fucking bread ever because you do kind of just need like some really dense crusty bread that is just going to like stand up to having soup in it, you know? Yeah. So, but like this is this is going to open up into a larger like like takedown of Panera. I feel like, yeah. But even like you know, I'm not saying this from like a objective. You know, this food is worth, like, of course that's absurd, but like the, the like entity of like bread bowl soup, I feel like that's just such a bastard creation. Like, yeah, to me, that's like a smoothie bowl where I'm just like, that is not even like a good culinary idea. If you really like think about it, it just Um. doesn't like, I, I don't know this. It's just, there's something about it is not right or like appealing. Uh, I always think of the, I forget the exact quote, but it's uh, George Costanza's um, boss on Seinfeld. And it's specifically about a a calzone, but it's something about like uh, how good it feels to finish a meal and look down at the table and just see like nothing but table. Uh, That's the one thing Uh that I do think about with a bread bowl. Like it does like fit into that. Like there's like a Seinfeld quality to it to a bread bowl with soup in it right there's something like yeah. inherently in terms comical of like about the ex- it. existential absurdism of yeah it. there's something about like <laughs> the idea of like i eat this entire thing and then i look down at the table and there's nothing there anymore because i ate the bowl <laughs> yeah i have i have turned this into a void yeah i've erased um. this thing's existence and that is that is somehow satisfying to me yeah um yeah maybe it's like an inverse pleasure like the bread bowl is so like inhuman and grotesque that like but you eat it because like you gain pleasure after eating it because you've erased it from from reality <laughs> yeah uh, you've like no transformed it when you're done <laughs> eating a, a bread bowl of soup <laughs> you've transformed it into like you know into uh into acceptable substances again um in terms of like you know digestive product um oh did i find the um what did i do there um oh it is specifically about a bread bowl um, I found it. Did I fuck something up? Can you hear me? I can hear you. Yeah. Oh, okay. You like went silent and I got, I got worried. Um, so yeah, Mr. Steinbrenner. Uh, no, 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 George, let me tell you something. When I find something, I like to stick with it. From 1973 to 1982, I ate the exact same lunch every day. Turkey, chili, and a bowl made out of bread. Bread bowl, George. First you eat the chili, then you eat the bowl. There's nothing more satisfying than looking down after lunch and seeing nothing but a table. <laughs> um, um, 
Yeah, that. Hold on, I I have a picture that I need to post in the chat. Okay. Um, give me one second. Should I put it in? Where'd the off topic? Yeah, there it is. Um, okay. I found it. Don't worry. Yeah, there's the people. People won't know what this is referring to yet, uh, but there's Bill Gates. Yeah, I see him. Bill yeah. Gates would eat a bread bowl. Oh yeah, Bill Gates loves looking down at the end of a meal and seeing nothing but the table. Yeah. All right. I'm waiting with bated breath. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did you just I, get like a just a jolt of arousal? When you said that? <laughs> I would eat that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would just like, I, I would just stare at it for, for like hours and hours until it just like congealed. Oh, uh, I would just firm, watch it like, like putrefy. The, the law firm that we used to work for, uh, would get like catered lunches. It was what? Thursdays. Yeah. Thursdays. Yeah. Um, and whenever, uh, we would do Panera, I would just get broccoli cheddar soup in a bread bowl because like, this is what I do. If like, what, what people have decided on is that we're eating Panera. I will do this because it just feels the most like, this is what Panera is. Like, okay, don't let's, pretend on, it's let's anything start, else. Let's start the episode and just continue this yeah. conversation. <laughs> okay. Do you, do you want me to just start it? Yeah, just start it. Um, but now I would have to like get the conversation cause I started talking about like at work and stuff. Yeah, no, just we'll, we'll handle it. We'll figure it out. Okay. Um, here we come. Uh, do we move on to Ina's questions? Yes. Uh, we have three questions from Ina that are numbered one, two, and four. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I didn't catch that. Very tricky, Ina. Um, so Ina says, I will make no assumptions about the intellectual quality of Shuo's questions, uh, this time and instead simply ask one, it's always good to revisit some kissing and tucking, right? So, uh, we're, we're doing, uh, who kisses the homies goodnight and who tucks the homies in goodnight. Um, so section, are we doing like an aggregate of, uh, like all of the instances of like solid state society and second gig and I, or are we just doing like, I think that like. I think there's a marginal difference yeah. in the characterization. I think that we can like what the, what just happened? I feel like my mic is like super loud now. It did do something weird for a second, but I wasn't gonna uh Hello? I wasn't gonna draw attention to it. Um this is weird. You sound fine now. Yeah, but I'm worried that the mic got changed for let let's pause recording will or you can keep recording i will stop and we'll do a time dot is i'm worried that it switched over to another mic because this got like unplugged or something 
Okay, do you want to do a, a time dot is clap now or after? Um, after. Okay, I'm going to um, run to the bathroom okay. really quick. All right, be right back. Okay, I'm back, if you are. Testing, testing. Okay, I think I'm working now. Bizarre. Yeah, I can hear you fine. Um, yeah. <coughs> okay. Um, <coughs> we want to clap um, at 48. Um, Just a sec. Sure. Okay. I missed the 48, but I can do a clap now. That's fine. We'll do it at um, 59. Okay. Um, yeah, it was very bizarre. I, I went to check what was happening and, um, like I was worried for a second. I wasn't gonna be able to save it because it was like not responding to a, like audacity wasn't responding to a lot of inputs. Oh God. Um, but it seems to be working now. Um, I'm gonna make a little mark. I'm gonna go to the bathroom since we have this break in here. Okay. No problem. Um, I'll just, I'll hang I was out. just trying to sort that while you were going to the bathroom. Yeah, no, no worries. I'll be here. Yeah. I'm back. I also decided to get a Verner's. Oh, nice. Michigan Cure-All to help my throat here. Perfect. Always got to have one of those on hand. Yeah. Um, I want to get back into it. Yeah, I'll I'll let you like just I'll let you take it. Um, let's see. I guess I did do the a good time to revisit some kissing and tucking. I believe so. But if you want to just yeah. like redo it, do we just want to start the question over? Yeah, yeah. Let's do that. Okay. <clears throat> 